0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, you are a good, good Father. We ask that you would use this time to, to pour out your love and your grace and your mercy and your peace and your joy and your guidance into our hearts and lives. Lord, use this time to transform us, to help us to become more like you. Lord, in this place and at this time, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In the powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. When my kids were little, I'd often get down on the living room floor and wrestle with them. I'd pick them up and tend like I was going to body slam them. Pick them up, tend like I was going to do a a backbreaker on my knee with them. Put them in arm bars and leg holes and I'd tickle them and and I would pin them. And and every now and then our, our big black lab would try and get involved in this too. And it'd just make the kids laugh. Right. That ended up being a great time A great bonding time Between me and my kids And, and it also was a time where They actually became stronger Because they were pressing and pushing And pulling and struggling And everything And so it was great that way too But you know what the, the best part of that was for me The best part of wrestling with my kids was Was I would be able to feel and hear their heartbeat. I doubt they were cognizant at all of my heartbeat, but I could feel and hear their heartbeat. How how I love that. Well, our cultural setting of 2019 is not a safe and comfortable living room floor. It's more like an MMA ring that is bent on punching us out and destroying us, getting us to try and tap out for all eternity. I I want you to know we didn't get here overnight. Okay, it's not like the, the calendar changed from December 31st of 2018 to January 1 of 2019 and, and suddenly things went awry. No, we've been on a slide for a long, long time. A slide of relativism. And friends, I want you to know it has put us into the muck and mire of where we are today, a post-Christian and post truth nation. Okay. What I want to do is I want to share some of God's Word with you this morning. And as I, as I read these words, as I share it with you, I, I want you to think about these words and, and think, have I seen these words? Does this make sense? Is this what I've been seeing in culture, in the movies, and TV, on social media? Is this displaying itself? Is this revealing itself in my life? And then as I'm reading through these words, not only think about culture, but I ask you to consider, as I will myself, Are these things a part of my heart? Are they a part of my life too? So from God's word, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, Proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Relativism is the denial of absolute truth. In our media today, all ideologies are presenting as equal. In fact, if if there is an ideology in our culture that is less than the others, that is weaker than the others, that is less favorable than the others, it is the ideology of Christianity. This is a real battle. This is a real thing. Take, for example, Princeton University, okay? I don't know if you know, Princeton University was founded as a Presbyterian university, a Christian university, as were many of our universities in our land, founded by Christians with Christian foundings and footings, okay? Princeton University was going to give Tim Keller, who's a Presbyterian pastor in New York, they were going to give him an award. But before they could give him an award, they revoked it. They called it off because of Pastor Keller's biblical stance on sexual morality. He's going to pull it away because Christianity is not good. Closer to home, the University of Wisconsin-Madison. That one, right? Its motto, the motto on which the university was founded on. The Latin words are numen lumen. What it means is divine is light, God is light. That's what the University of Wisconsin was founded on. Today, many of the professors, many of the courses, many of the policies stand in stark darkness compared to the light of God and his word and his truth. We live in a post-Christian, post-truth nation. That doesn't mean that there are not Christians here. What it means is that our culture has lost Christianity as its stabilizing center. The thing that we would hone back in on. And while we're being inundated with these all equal ideologies here in America, understand that many, many other places in the world haven't fallen for that. They understand that there are big differences between the ideologies. For example, in Indonesia in 2017, just a couple years ago, a Christian governor was sentenced to two years prison because he blasphemed Islam. Today in China, Christians are being persecuted rampantly again. In China, it's always been against the law to have unsanctioned Christian gatherings, but they turned their eyes away from that for a long time, and now they're back at it. In the last couple of months, Christian churches have been knocked down, burned down. Christians have been arrested for being Christian. When I was at UW and we had correspondence going back and forth with some of our brothers and sisters in Christ in China, our emails would code words. We would spell them incorrectly on purpose so that they would hopefully pass by without the Chinese government seeing it. So, for example, when we would type out Jesus, it would be J45U5, just so hopefully it wouldn't get caught, Right? They're being persecuted today. Today, the ideologies in our country are really pressing against Christianity. Truth-based thinkers, that would be you and me, look to the outside, look to a written-down, unchanging record standard of what is right and wrong. Post-truth thinkers look to their feelings, intuition, cultural norms, and peers for what they consider to be right and wrong. That's a big difference, right? differences as we again we, we look at this thing of feelings are telling us whether it's right or wrong I, I just saw this on on ESPN app the other day there was a heckler I think it was for uh, New York Rangers I think they were playing Washington Capitals or whatever one of the the New York fans was just heckling this other team's hockey player immensely just ripping him apart didn't like him at all after the game that hockey player gave him a, a hockey stick with his signature on it and with some nice words to to it and gave it to the guy. And the guy goes, oh man, now I like the guy. <laughs> you know? His feelings changed. Friends, truth doesn't change. In our world today, there are five forces that are shaping the events that you and I face, okay? Humans are sinning. Satan is scheming. Ideologies are warring, Western civilization is unraveling, and God and his word will stand firm forever. We need to hone in on that last one. November 30th of this past year, there was an earthquake just outside of Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, that earthquake was big enough to shake buildings uh, from businesses, schools, homes, uh, tear apart some highways, and, and things like. 100 percent of the people. Virtually 100 percent of the people in Anchorage, Alaska understood that they had went through, suffered an earthquake. Friends, there is a spiritual quake going on that so many people, are numb to. It's a storm. And I want you to know that in the middle of this storm, we can be God strong. God's word will stand firm and forever. If you remember back to our, our reading from Second Kings where it had all those many different hard to pronounce names They had God's word. It was around, but in their lives, it did not abound. And King Josiah changed that. The question for you and me this morning, is God's word around us? Or is it abounding in us? We need it to not only be around, but to abound. We need God's strength in our lives. Share a little story with you. Tyler Strong. Okay. Tyler Strong. Tyler Trent was a student at Purdue University. He had cancer. A uh, big football fan. Uh, He and the football team formed this amazing friendship and union and camaraderie. The football team would come and visit him at his home and in the hospital and and all that, okay? And, and, And again, Tyler is this, huge football fan. This past fall, when Purdue played Ohio State, they made arrangements so that Tyler could be at the game. It was a horrible day. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. The exact opposite of what Tyler needed for that day. Frail and weak and, and near his death. And he went to that game, and he was all bundled up and everything. And and it was a great day for Purdue University and for Tyler because Purdue beat Ohio State in the football game. It was phenomenal. Purdue was so good this year, they made a bowl game. And the bowl game, though, Tyler was able to be there. It didn't go all that well. Purdue got blown out by Auburn. Well, on New Year's Day, this year, New Year's Day, Tyler passed away. Okay. Uh, he was a Christian, passed away, went, went into heaven. Tyler influenced many people in his life, and many people influenced him. It was Tyler Strong. I, I want you to know that, that there is a strength that surpasses our time and our space and our strength, and that is God's strong. And for you and me to live forward, to live forward, we need God's strength in our lives. See, as your pastor, it's real important that, that I get you to understand that we really are in a spiritual quake, okay? Uh, it's not the easy living room game anymore. It's difficult. And as your, your pastor, I want to walk with you through these things. And, and I know that in addition to the spiritual quake, there are also difficulties that you have in your own life. Walk with you through those things. I want you to know, That in the middle of those storms and those difficulties, we can not only survive, not only that, but we can actually thrive because of God's strength, God's word. I'm going to share from 2 Timothy again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need the truths of the Bible. Without the truths of the Bible, we're in a, a bad spot. I just, want you to just think about how many people you know that, that because our country is so wealthy, they, they I don't need anything. I'm a good, I don't need God. I got everything I want. Listen to what Scripture says in, in Revelation chapter 3. You say, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth. (laughs) I don't need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. By nature, we're spiritually blind, poor, pitiful, and naked. We don't see what we need to see. And what we need to see, what we were created to see, is the glory of God. Check it out from Romans 11. It says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. See, in, in God's word, God opens the eyes Of the blind. Moses prayed to God a prayer that is good for you and me to pray to. He prayed to God, God, let me see your glory. God, let me see your glory. And so as we read the Bible, we see God's glory. It's, it's not some kind of mystical thing like we read the Bible. And it's some kind of incantation, but we find the glory of God in the simple and ordinary words of the Bible. Again, listen to the Apostle Paul. So in reading this, God's word, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. We need to be God strong. We don't just need the word of God around us. We need it to abound in us. If you go to VOTL.life, It's got the spot there for you to join the Small Steps uh, Facebook group, the YouVersion Bible app, uh, Your Time of Grace. Whataboutjesus.com. We need God's word not just around, but to abound. So let me share with you a, a horrific example from my own life from this past Thursday. Okay? So I go on my run on Thursday and I'm listening to the YouVersion Bible app, okay? And while I'm on the run and, and maybe I'm I maybe run a little bit longer than than some people do. So so when I was running, I listened to Philippians, Colossians and 1st and 2nd Thessalonians when I was on my run, okay? And and it was a terrible run. You know, it was a terrible run, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, all that. I, I struggled to stay in tune with God's word. It was just really hard. It wasn't good. But look at the truths I got from a really horrible run listening to God's word. Okay. From Philippians, the thing that stuck out to me was your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Pretty good direction, right? It's a horrible run, but I got that out of it, right? In Colossians, the thing I got out of Colossians was, is that in Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead lives in bodily form. What that means in this terrible run is it reminding me that Jesus is my God and my Savior. That's the kind of a key truth. 1 Thessalonians, the thing that stuck out from that book, the words, pray continually. Right? And 2 Thessalonians, because I don't have a, an audiographic memory, I just had to look back at it when I got into my office, and what I saw was that God is faithful, even in times of difficulty and persecution. Think that made a difference? I do. I know it did. And that was in a very, it just wasn't good. And yet I got four amazing truths out of it. Friends, God wants to wrestle with you through his word in your life. Kind of like me and my children on the living room floor. He wants to wrestle with us. And keep in mind, God's never going to hurt you. God loves you. It's not always going to be easy, but he's making you strong. Preparing you for what's next. You know what? As you wrestle with God's word and things like that, God loves to feel and hear your heartbeat. And you know what? If you're not careful, when you're wrestling with God and his word, if you're not careful, you're gonna feel and hear his heartbeat. You're gonna come into contact with the glory of God. And as you are wrestling with God in his word, and we got these day after day things, don't be so concerned about perfection. Be concerned about progress. Don't be so concerned about behavior modification. Allow for life transformation as the Holy Spirit works. Through God's word. Because you see, God, it's not about rules. It's about relationship and doing life together. And keep in mind, keep in mind, Jesus already wrestled against sin, death, and Satan. He died and rose again, showing that he actually was victorious. So when we cling to Jesus, when we hold on to him, when we won't let go of him, even when it's hard, what we'll find out is that Jesus has and is and will always be holding on to us. He will never let go because he loves you and because he is God strong. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray humbly, yet confidently, scared but eager, show us your glory. Lord, may your word not just be around us, may it abound in us. Jesus, you are the word, abound in us. In your name we pray, amen.